You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded hoes. Hey guys, welcome back. It's Danny, and I am, as always, seemingly always, joined by <laughs> Riley. You complain, but you keep inviting me back. As a toxic relationship. <laughs> <laughs> guys, if you're in a toxic relationship, get out. Side <laughs> <laughs> right. so note, disclaimer. <laughs> um, how's your week been? What have you been up to? I haven't seen you in a while. I know, I know. You've been a busy, busy wee thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my week has been... Okay. I decided to drop a class from uni. So I'm in two now, not three because mm. I was just very overwhelmed. I'm not an online learner. Um, I'm quarantining with a boy. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I've finally started catching an unsuspecting man. Oh God. <laughs> he has no idea what he's got himself into <laughs> no um yeah but it's been pretty chill um i went camping just been enjoying the sunshine really work's been pretty slow for me but i don't know it's been all right how about you Ooh, i've been out of town last week i was out uh working and yeah it was it was really good um hung out with my girlfriends that was nice um nice to just get out of the city for a little bit as always and being um in the Okanagan and the weather was kind of shit for us but it's supposed to be nice coming up in a few weeks here so we'll probably take off again just have some me time in the sun uh work's been good I've been busy um I did the online dance workshop uh, this past week, which was great, great turnout, and it was just really fun. Um, there are some technical difficulties trying to uh, work it in a hotel room because I was not at home, but I think it went well. You you were in it. How did you like it? Yeah, it was great. I think that you are always going to be limited, um, you know, if, if not in a hotel room, to like even the screen of your laptop when you're trying to show dance moves, right? Definitely. Um, so I think like, considering all of the limitations it went really well like I really enjoyed it and felt like you explained things really well and cracked a few jokes and yeah it was great it was it was a lot of fun and I can't wait to like go to one that's actually in person yeah yeah I I do like the in-person one just because yeah exactly you can show the different angles you can be more hands-on but for for what it was um you know online class I think it it went pretty well um it was fun to kind of watch the zoom and kind of get to sit back and watch you guys do the routine um, but yeah, so that was good. Um, what else happened with work lately? My work Instagram got deleted, which is super annoying. Um, and I find that hilarious that you see men posting photos of like half nude women or naked women and their accounts don't get, accounts don't get deleted. And you see, you know, plastic surgeries with like the nipples not covered and that's somehow okay. But if you post a bikini photo and someone reports it, <laughs> you'll get deleted. What sad sack is, like, going around Instagram being like, I'm super offended by, like, three quarters of your boobs out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, I think it's, like, people that – I don't think it's, like, a random person. I think it's always pretty targeted. Like, I think – I have an idea of who probably reported that one. (laughs) But whatever. So, yeah, yeah, we're back to 100 followers (laughs) creeping, making uh, making our way up again. But what can you do? Um, yeah. yeah, I also had a goofy guy at a party. He wanted to get dances and he was like super drunk. Right. So, and he was just kind of like, not really all there. So I, I stopped the dances after a bit and was like, Hey, you know what? Like you, like you're pretty drunk and that's totally okay. Maybe we should hold off and let's, you know, um, pick this up when I come back for the next party. And, you know, cause I felt bad. Like I felt like I was like, I don't want to hustle him and like cut, burn that bridge. And then the next party I don't get booked for. And my girlfriend kind of found out why. And apparently it was cause he told the booker guy, the guy that was like requesting the girls not to book me again, that I hustled him and I'm greedy. And I was like, you're a fucking dick. Like you're just butt hurt that I wouldn't keep dancing for you because I was trying not to hustle you and because I was being trying to try to be respectful and you flip it like I was disrespecting you and I was hustling you. Like literal opposite of what I did. And yeah, any, what the hell? So mad. And like any girl would have fucking like 
ridden that wave out and like got as much money as she could from him. And I was like, no, because I want to keep getting books for these guys. I don't want to ha- leave like a bad impression. And yeah. then this fucking goof lies and makes me look bad. I was so mad. Oh, that's so annoying. I'm so sorry. That's yeah. so shitty. Yeah, I'm so unimpressed. Fucking A. Okay. What else happened this week? Oh, okay. So <laughs> remember like a while back, a whole thing happened with my ex's family and I shared a bit of it on the podcast. And um, apparently they're bored with their lives and still listen. Shout out to them. Um, thanks for supporting me, even though you hate me so much. It's so nice to finally meet you guys. <laughs> I've heard so much about you. Yeah, so apparently they were all up in arms about uh, me telling my side of the story on the podcast. Uh, and yeah, I just think it's hilarious. Like, first, why are you listening? Like, don't you have better things to do than listen to people that you allegedly hate? And secondly, you know, you have not been quiet about how you feel about me and the ridiculous rumors you make up. But when someone like holds you accountable and truthfully says their side of the story, you're all, you know, butthurt about it. So I find that funny. But whatever. Cheers to them. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. (laughs) I love that for us. (laughs) I love more listeners. Yeah. Um, Actually, speaking of fucking goofs, here we go. Um, I also had like a guest client. Um, so I am on seeking arrangements and I was approached by a guy, um, to fendom him and like humiliate and like foot fetish as well. So this is not actually, um, an area that, I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you'll know, like I'm very sub, um, this is not very, uh, this is not an area that I really know about. And like, I I did so much research on financial domination and stuff like that. And they reached out to, um, mistress Alana as well. And she gave me some really great advice. And so he had sent me like a couple of e-transfers and I had sent him like a video and like a voice memo and stuff. And we were going to meet and then COVID happened. And it was literally the day after the full lockdown that we had planned to meet. And I was like, look, I can't, I'm living with someone who's really high risk. And then, so we compromised and we did like a video chat and I, um, again, did like another, um, like video or whatever. And he, I didn't get the money up front, which was definitely my bad, but he just like didn't pay for it. Cause he's like, yes, I'll send the e-transfer. And then he had already sent two. So I was like, he will. Okay. So at this point you had just sent him videos and he had paid for those videos. Yeah. Like I, uh, we were on a um, video call and I was doing this like spin the wheel game, which is like, um, something I learned about on Fendoming. Um, and so he was like, yes, I'll send you the e-transfer after. And then, um, he didn't. And then the next day he lost his job because of COVID. So flash forward to like two, this was like, I mean, yeah, start of COVID. So flash forward to about a week ago and this guy slips into my like little DMs. They always come back. They always come back because he was like, well, I'm not going to send you the, um, the e-transfer because I like, we were supposed like, unless we meet up in person. And I was like, listen, like I provided a service that you wanted. You said that you would pay me. You haven't, you don't get more to ensure that I'm going to get my money. Like I, it's not worth it to me. Yeah. And so he, yeah, he comes crawling back and he's like, I'm, I've gotten my job back because of COVID and I'm ready to like, have you financially dom me and stuff like that. And, uh, I was like, okay, like chill, but you need to pay me what you owe me first before we start this conversation. And then it was like, I was trying to, I was like keeping on shutting down the conversation and he was just kind of like kept being like, well, can we meet in person if we do? And I was like, if you pay your tab, we can talk about it. And so eventually he paid me the money that he owed me. And then I was like, great, let's chat. We made a plan for Tuesday morning um, for me to go over there and do like a in-person scene. Um, he, I confirmed with him on the weekend because he asked me to come early. I said I couldn't. Then I confirmed, went to confirm with him on Monday and he just completely didn't reply. Haven't heard from him since. That's so annoying. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not that mad because he paid me my tab. So like if he ever wants to, like, he's just going to be one of those clients that I have on the back burner and I'm like, I'll make a plan, but like, 
chances are I'm not sticking to it. So I'm not going to like invest anything into this. Yeah. No, I mean, as long as he's like paying the tabs, like, but like, it's just like the energy, energy vampire, like having to like chase you and make you pay your tab. And like the conversation of like, are you going to pay? And they kind of skirt around it. It's like, for fuck's sakes. Like, yeah, he's like, the reason he didn't want to pay me is because he wanted to do an in-person scene. And I was like, pay me my tab and let's do it. And I was fully committed to like going there. I asked for the address of where he wanted to meet me, me, um, everything. And he just like nothing after pushing so much to do an in-person scene. And I was like, look, like, fuck it. I'll do it. Like, I would love to fucking humiliate a man right now. Like, yeah. Bring me up if you ever want to take it seriously. <laughs> that's the best of uh, worst case scenario, right? Where he like pays his tab. So at least that totally. happened. But still like, I just don't, I don't understand people talking a talk to, like with no intention. And like you're delivering on your end. You're just like, hey, pay me and let's do this. And then he pays you and then runs away. It's like, okay. okay. <laughs> like, yeah. Super weird. Like he approached me. Like I hadn't heard from him in legit two months because of COVID. And I was like, that's fine. He's like, I'm back. I have money. I'm ready for you to take it from me. And then sure. Great. Let's do this. Nothing. (laughs) Okay, cool. Yeah. You were also, you were going to start selling your shoes online. Have you started that? Uh, I haven't yet just because I really like, I need to go buy new shoes before I sell my old shoes. Mm. Like I just don't have very many dancer shoes and the ones that I do have that I would sell, um, are at the club in the locker. So I'll have to wait until that opens. Gotcha. Um, and so funny, I posted my shoes and this one guy messages me like four times a day, every day now for like a week. Are they available? Are they available? And I want to be like, no, they're not. But I just feel like he's going to like make a new account, message me again. Like, are they available? Like, he's just like a psycho. And then this, um, other person like, like was messaging me, like actually wanting them to like wear them like for herself. And I'm like, you get there like very well-worn, like, like they're not, it's not like a actual item to wear. <laughs> Actually, it's so funny that you say that because our mutual friend just posted in the group chat that, I mean, she's also doing the same. She's uh, selling lingerie. And she just sent a message being like, I think this person actually wants to like see what I have and actually wants to like buy and wear my lingerie for like a non-sexual thing. <laughs> So weird. I mean, like, and like usually they're like, it's not like a discount price. It's more expensive than you would buy the item for. So, like, <laughs> so bizarre. Um, but hey, to each their own, I guess. Um, Absolutely. Maybe you can't read between the lines and you have to be a little like nonchalant when you're trying to do sex work through, uh, through the websites. So through the interwebs. Um, <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I should like explicitly say. <laughs> <laughs> um okay we had a lot of questions this week um also if my throat is like fucked it's because I've literally been talking for a week straight so my voice is like super crackly and I'm constantly coughing so just bypass something like new for you or that's enough of that Um, (laughs) (laughs) no usually like Like, at work and stuff, I'm pretty good at, like, just smiling and nodding and let someone else talk. Because, you know, men, they love to hear their own voice. And also, but, like, why waste more energy? 100%. Um, but because I was gone for the whole week, I just had someone, like, a friend with me 24-7, right? So didn't have many quiet moments. So I was really happy on the drive back just to, like, have, like, four hours of, like, no sound. And just, like, not have to answer to, like, questions or talk or anything and just listen to my my book which reminds me and very on brand have you started the scarlet letters no shocking you were the worst book club attendee ever <laughs> but anyways um i go for the snacks <laughs> 100 you go for the shakuri 100 um and the dogs but uh, i actually um i'm going to buy it but i actually want the guy that i'm seeing to listen to it with me yeah it's really really good i think you would do well listening to it especially if you're trying to go into more of a dom-sub um, area of work. Jenny Nordback writes it, and it's called The Scarlet Letters, and it's about a year working in a dungeon in L.A., and she is amazing. Uh, the book is a good combination of educational, hilarious, insightful. I read it a few years back when it first, first came out, and um, I always recommend it to people. 
So we are doing it for our book club for this next month. And yeah, it's on Audible, which is nice. I know a lot of people just don't have the time to sit down and read a book. Um, so that's nice to just be able to listen to it on Audible. Um, I listened to it on my ride, um, my ride back home yesterday, and I was chuckling to myself in the car. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to explain like what a dungeon is to listeners who may not know? Yeah, so a dungeon is a place where um, it's really spotlights like fetish style. So you can go and usually the mostly women working are either subs, doms, or switches. Um, and then in a proper dungeon, you'll have like a meeting at the start, which goes over the fantasy you want to play out, the kind of pain you want to um, be involved, what level you're comfortable with, all that. Um, and they kind of paint whatever your fetish is and whatever like scene you want to play out. And then you have a room where it's typically you and the worker and you guys play out your scene for whatever amount of money that's been agreed upon. Um, so it's kind of like, for lack of better terms, it's kind of like a brothel, but it's more for fetish style. But again, like I've never worked in a dungeon, so it would be great to have someone who has worked in a dungeon come on the podcast. So if anyone knows anyone or anyone has worked in a dungeon, uh, hit me up, DM me, email me, 50plusatip at gmail.com. It would be great to have someone in here. Maybe I'll even reach out to Jenny Nord back and see. I mean, it might be a long shot, but it never hurts to try. 100%. And if you have worked in a dungeon as like a sub and or switch, um, I would love to hear from you as well because this is definitely an area that I've been interested in yeah. getting into. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, speaking of reaching out to people for the podcast, Call Her Daddy is a um, another fellow podcast uh, that is based in New York, I think. And it was originally two girls, but now it's just the one. And they've, they're they doing a casting, kind of like not casting call, but a call out for a guest. So I was like, you know what? And they've, they've made some comments about sex worker stuff and sugaring and all that. It was a little bit more uneducated and very much of a squares take on it. So yeah, so I reached out to them or her and I just said, you know, I listened to your podcast since the beginning. It'd be great for you to have a sex worker on and, and they're, they're, podcast is primarily about sex and being a hoe and stuff so I was like you should get a professional hoe on so we'll see if we hear back but if you guys want to uh, hear 50 plus a tip on um, the call her daddy podcast dm call her daddy um, on instagram and tell them and send them my link and and push for me (laughs) yeah 100 I would be Interested to see because they're under Barstool, right, as yeah. a company. So yeah. I'd be interested to see if they would be willing to have, like, sex workers on their podcast. Because I know it's about sex, but as soon as you cross that line, especially in America, like, big corporations like that are not always kind. No, 100%. Um, so I, I would be very surprised if it happened. But, yeah, as you said, definitely worth a shot. Mm-hmm. No, 100%. And that's what – originally I didn't even know they were looking for – guests until a listener wrote into me saying you should go and call her daddy they're looking for guests and I was like I don't know if they're very sex worker friendly but I'll try so it'd be it'd be a pleasant surprise if they were receptive to that but we shall see but anyways we got a lot of questions this week to get through so first question and side note guys like if you guys have questions and you want answered on the podcast or even answered privately uh, make sure to DM me at 50plusatip on Instagram or email me at 50plusatip at gmail.com. And then in the in the email or message, just say, you know, if you want it, if it's okay for us to talk about it on the podcast or if you would like it just to remain um, in the DMs. Either is fine. So, yeah. So, first question. I'm a straight man, in quotes, and wanting to enter into sex work. I come from a religious background and felt so much shame regarding my sexuality. I'd really like to start to explore it, and I admire how unashamed you are with your sexuality and sex work. I'm open to working with men as well as women. How would I go about venturing into that? I've never been with a man before. Well, first of all, like that's awesome that um, he is obviously uh, receptive to the idea of sex work and sees it as a really positive thing for your sexuality and um, expressiveness of oneself. And so, like, that's that's really great because, you know, that's what we're striving to do with this podcast. Um, if you've never been with a, a man before, you might find it a little bit intimidating 
or polar opposite, you might find it like a really great way to, um, I guess, safely explore sexuality. Like if you try it out and, you know, you set your price, you set your boundaries, you give it a go, you don't like it. And then you live with that kind of, maybe this wasn't for me. You can like, uh, compartmentalize. Is that, is that, um, yeah. Compartmentalize it, and like, although that's maybe not the healthiest way, like it, it's probably a coping mechanism. Um, but you know, also on the other hand, uh, it might be a really intimidating way to start exploring your sexuality. Like when you're when you're doing sex work, you know, you can't. You, it's your job to please your client, and those boundaries take a while to be able to build up. And if you're going straight into um, what I'm assuming is like services um, not having those boundaries and not knowing what you like, what feels good, what hurts, um, how to have sex with a man. If you're, you know, receiving or giving um, it might be a little bit fumbly mm-hmm. just like this last part that I said. Yeah. Just like <laughs> me right now. <laughs> a little rambly, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I completely agree. Like even think of it as, if you had never given a blowjob before, like even as a woman, if you never give, taken taken dick in your ass, and your first experience like that was with a client, you don't really. Not that this is right, but with a client, it's often not about you. So, like, you don't really want to be like learning with a client. You know, um, they're there because you're professional, and I think it could be a little traumatizing to have those first experiences in a work situation. So I would suggest perhaps exploring that before getting into the physical in-person work. Um, A good way to do that, I think, if you haven't really explored your um, sexuality at all, to do online work and have those sexual conversations with people and see how that sits with you. How does it sit with you to, you know, fake this sexual energy and, you know, how much is too much for you? You know, if you have a gentleman online, you know, talking about your penis when you're on and going doing on cam and then you know, doing that step to cam work. Now, you know, you're naked on camera and men are talking to you about your body or women are talking to you about your body. How do you feel about that? Okay, now do cam to cam. How do you feel with that kind of intimacy of seeing each other naked and, and, and sexually talking to each other? Um, I think those are good stepping stones before you jump right into the physical. If your sexuality is when it's really, for lack of a better term, untouched. <laughs> Totally. And, you know, once you're ready to step into that physical, maybe consider hiring a male um, sex worker, you know, pay for their time, ask them questions, talk about their experience, get them to give you tips like they're a professional, learn from them. Mm -hmm. And and reach out to other sex workers. Um, The one thing nice about the sex work community, and this is, you know, not everyone, but the majority of the ones I've encountered, they understand the importance of not outing someone. So if you do want to reach out to a, you know, um, a straight male sex worker and ask him how he does it and reach out to men who, you know, go both ways and are bisexual and in service both men and women, and then reach out to a sex worker who services solely men as a male and, you know, see, see what their takes on, see the advice they give to you. You know, they might all not respond, but I'm sure a lot of them will be very open because a lot of us remember when we first started in sex work and, you know, fumbling around and appreciating the help from others. So, but I do recommend maybe starting with an online, online approach. So at least you have that barrier between the screen and just kind of seeing how comments sit with you. And then also being on screen and having someone say, you know, put this in your ass or whatever. If you've never explored, you know, ass play, that's a great way. How do I feel about someone else telling me to do something with my ass? Like, you know, like how do I, and or of course too, doing it in your private time too, you should definitely start, you know, I'd suggest putting things in your butt before you have someone put their dick in your ass. But yeah, I mean, that's, I guess if you are going to be a bottom as opposed to a top, mm-hmm. so like, you know, if you're, if you're going to be solely a top, then, um, do a lot of, like, if you've, I don't know, like if you've had female partners and you've never done anal play or you have done anal play, you know, talk to them, find out, you know, what makes them comfortable, um, like what feels good for them. Like talk to, talk to your partners, talk to professionals, do a lot of research. Um, yeah, I think that's awesome. 
Yeah. And then the other part here, he says, you know, coming out from a religious background and feeling a lot of shame about your sexuality, that can be very damaging. And I think once you start to reach out and listening to other podcasts and, and talking to other people, you start to realize the world is much bigger than your your hometown or your your family's views of things. And once you kind of start to open up that conversation to other open-minded people, you start to realize like how much a lot of people in the world don't view sexuality in a shameful way. And you kind of start to find your own group of people um, outside of, you know, your background and, and what you came from. And I think that's really freeing in itself. But I do, I do sympathize for you that I, you know, it must be really hard to come from that kind of background and feel, and feel so much shame regarding how you identify with yourself and, and your sexuality. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think, um, it's, it can be really disheartening to not being, not be able to live kind of like who you are as a person because you're going to be shamed by, you know, the people that you love unconditionally and find out that they don't unconditionally love you back. That's I like, that's really hard. And especially if you're combining two things, like first of all, trying out, um, or exploring your, uh, homosexual sexuality and moving into sex work, like, Two things that maybe um, don't go so great with religion, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that could be really difficult. So maybe uh, just try out uh, one for yourself, talk to people that you're close to that you know won't you know judge you for it, and then if it becomes a big part of your life, deal with it at that point. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, good luck. Obviously, message us if you need any advice or if you want us to try to connect you with other male sex workers, um, for sure. Yeah, and don't be afraid to pay for their time just to even talk and get Yeah, advice. definitely. If you're going to ask people questions and stuff, I always recommend throwing in a tip there just to acknowledge um, that this, this experience, their experiences and their education came, you know, at a cost of their time and energy. Next question. Can I have a separate Instagram account and build a new account as my other persona without friends on Instagram seeing what I post. I really want to do that, but I'm way too scared for people to find out given my very vanilla life. It wouldn't be a good thing. Yes, my dear friend, you can. (laughs) Riley is the queen of having two lives. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I also live a very vanilla life. I mean, less so in Vancouver. I'm pretty, I'm pretty out as a sex worker, but um, my home in New Zealand, although my immediate family knows and some of my friends, it's not something that I need you know, my hometown to know. Uh, when I first made my stripper account, I don't know how it happened, but a friend of my sister's ended up, uh, finding it. And my sister messaged me saying that, um, I, someone had like, uh, basically cat is catfishing using my, uh, photos and I was like oh my god can you um please report it this is so terrible and I deleted it and then I finally got the courage to um get another sex worker account um probably when we when I started doing this podcast with you and what I did is I I made you know I made my profile then I went on to my personal Instagram and I went through this takes a long time but I went through Um, the people I follow and the people who follow me and I just blocked everyone. Like I blocked all of my family members. I blocked all of my hometown friends that I didn't want to know about this. Um, and you know, that, that just gave me peace of mind with, um, posting stuff. So it didn't have to be private and I could share that part of myself with the world, um, without knowing that, like without knowing that my family will, uh, will stumble across it accidentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's definitely ways. Um, I suggest, you know, not having your profile photo be you. Um, so even if it's just, you know, your, you from your lips down, or no, no identifying tattoos or anything, or just, you know, a generic photo of a man or woman, whatever, you know, whatever you're um, wanting to, you know, the persona you want to have on Instagram and then changing your name. So obviously if your name's like Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Smith, it's not Ryan Smith 2.0 or something. <laughs> um, and then I would, would kill us with an Instagram name though. Right? <laughs> um, and then, 
not using your phone number, like not using your, because I think when you sign up for a new Instagram, it gives you the option of using your phone number and email and not having your phone number attached to it because that comes up in your contact. So if someone has your phone number, you'll be a suggestion. So making sure you don't use your phone number so people in your contacts don't get your second um, persona Instagram as a suggestion. And then making it private so you get to choose who access the account. If it's public, you know, anyone can come across it and look at it and send it to other people. Um, but yeah, I would make it private, change the phone number on it, don't have your photo on it, change your name. Um, and then when you are accepting people, just do a quick look at who they follow, who their friends are, because you know that six degrees of separation of Kevin Bacon or whatever it's called. Um, take that into consideration. But yeah, it's definitely possible, and it's another good way of connecting with the community. If um, being, you know, uh, he's if you're this persona is um, into in a sex work way or in a um, homosexual way and LGBTQ, uh, you know, making a account online and reaching out and connecting with the community is a great way to start exploring it and, and finding, finding friends in the community that you're starting to venture into. Also, Reddit is a really oh, great sure. way to, like, connect with that sort of community. And if you're going to have a private um, Instagram, it's a really good place to kind of promote your Instagram account um, anonymously um, because I know like if you have it on private, it's difficult to build a community because people don't really follow people that they don't know in their private. Um, especially if you're just starting out of an Instagram and if you don't want to go through the hassle of blocking everyone that you know, um, to make it public, that could be a good idea. Next question. I've noticed that you speak about your own age in the podcast and it seems like you're treating it as if it's unfortunate to be in your later twenties. Maybe I'm taking a joke that you're making way too seriously, but it seems like everyone you have had on the show sort of alludes to ageism. So what is the average age of your coworkers? And have you seen a shift in the working demographics since you've started? So yeah, I give myself a hard time for my age for sure, because I am on the older side of the spectrum. You know, a lot of girls now are coming in at 19. I mean, that always was the case, but a lot of girls in my club, I'd say the average age is probably probably 24 is the average age in my club, I'd say. I don't know. Riley, what do you think the average age in your club is? Yeah, it's probably around the same, to be honest. Yeah, so I am in the older, older, um, the older side of the spectrum. Um, But yeah, ageism is a thing. There's a lot of requests for the young ones, um, you know, wanting 19-year-olds. I see that request a lot. Um, I'm a decade older than that, so that's a hard sell. Um, but yeah, uh, what is the average age of a coworkers? 24. And have you seen a shift in the working demographics since you started? Um, yeah, maybe a little bit younger coming in now. A lot of 19 year olds come into it. And the more so thing is a lot of 19 year olds are being sugar babies. So not so much in the strip club, but I know a lot of girls in Vancouver are very young and sugar babies or they're, you know, prostitutes. I think that's the biggest thing I've seen is how young uh, girls are prostituting now in Vancouver and not sex yeah. trafficking their own on their own accord because um, Vancouver is expensive. And um, how is this 19 year old having Louis bags every weekend? Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. You have a rich, uh, rich parents or a rich boyfriend and it's probably the latter. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I think most of the time we say it in jest as well. Like, about the age thing, but I mean, it is true that sex work to some degree, um, I find has, you know, you have a limited, um, span of like, uh, of time that you can work. It's like a sports, um, athlete, you know, sports athlete, sports, sportsman, (laughs) an athlete, (laughs) you know, you come in when you're agile and full of energy and the, you know, your body starts to decay. Like the world just beats you down and your titties start to fall to the floor and you, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, there's going to be a newer model that comes in and that's not to say that there is not space in sex work for, um, 
older, like, you know, 30 plus women to still be in there. Like I know my club definitely has some dancers who make really good money who are, you know, in their early thirties, late thirties. Um, and especially, you know, when you move into full service, sometimes, you know, uh, a white collared guy doesn't want an, a, a floozy 19 year old, not to say that they're all floozy, but you know, sometimes they want a older, mature woman that they don't have to build a relationship with. They can just have it in that moment. Like, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's just the natural process of dancing that you eventually will age or phase out. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a combination of things. I don't think it's necessarily just that the customers want a younger girl. I think it's wear and tear on the body, especially doing stage. Your knees just take a beating. Um, Your joints take a beating. Hips, you know, my hips, knees, and elbows are just beat to shit. Um, And, like, mentally, you just kind of get over being in a party scene. Um, And then the late nights and that, you just kind of start, as you get older, you just kind of want to fade out of it. And you want to start investing your money and and doing other things. Um, and then it's a combination of, yes, there is this aspect of the young, hot, new model coming in. So I think it's a combination of everything. But there definitely, like Riley said, is space for, in quotes, older dancers. And a lot of men I've talked to are turned off by the younger girls because of the huge age gap between them. Not all men want a girl half half their age and younger. Some Some men like having a woman a little bit closer to their age where they are more in common with and they don't feel as, you know, for in, in their terms, like a pedophile going for the 19 year old girl. Um, but yeah, so I think it's all about your hustle and how much energy you have and how long you personally feel like you can stay in the industry. But like Riley said too, a lot of us, when we're joking about our age, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's in jest. It's a, uh, it's a joke and we're kind of mocking each other. Um, I've been honestly calling myself an old hag since I was 20, so <laughs> I'm, I'm an old soul, so that's fine. I've accepted it. <laughs> yeah, girl, same. I just got Botox, actually, for the first time a week ago, so. Proud of you. Thank you. I'm going to look so young. <laughs> Didn't even recognize you when you came on. Oh, baby. Who's <laughs> this child? <laughs> Next question. Regarding body type. I couldn't believe some of the things people have said to you in your podcast guests, like fucking floored to hear the clients have commented on you negatively. Regardless of being in sex work, humans are pretty damn mean to one another, and it's hard enough as it is to be nude with someone without the pressure to perform or any occupational duties. And personally, I just don't know how to manage any fear I have of being picked apart for any physical features by someone I'm having sex with or otherwise. So I'm listening to a whole bunch of people, yourself included, obviously, who are helping me with this. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and this is exactly what we talk about when we say, if you want to do sex sex work, you have to have thick skin. Like, honestly, if someone is, is shaming you about your body and you're having recreational sex with them, like you're not being paid for your time bye boy, like, or girl, you know, like that's not okay. But like, it is this weird power dynamic that as soon as you put a monetary value on it, guys feel like they can just say anything that they want to about your body because they've paid to do that. And, um, I mean, realistically you can't. And like, I think people don't realize that, you know, as a sex worker, we can just like take fuck you and walk away. But like it is, this, yeah, it, it creates a little bit of a weird power dynamic or a perceived power dynamic that they can just put you down and you'll put up with it because they've handed you whatever, a $50 bill. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. Like you, that's why thick skin is such an asset in this industry because you're going to have days where you seem to be everyone's cup of tea and everyone thinks you're hot and all you're getting is compliments. And then you're going to have days where you go in and everyone seems to hate you. Everyone seems to pick someone else. You're dealing with a lot of asshole comments, asshole remarks. Um, and you just kind of have to let things roll off your back. And I think being in the industry helps you with that in the sense where you see how many different styles of beauty there are and how, you know, some days the really petite blonde girl is getting all the dances and getting all the money. And then the next day, like the curvy Latina girl is killing it on the floor. And it's like, okay, so there really is like someone for everyone. Like everyone has their thing and it's not a reflection on you. 
you know, you're, you can be a 10 out of 10 and the client just wants a redhead and you have blonde hair and he's just not feeling it because of the hair color, you know? So that's a big thing is just not taking things personally and knowing that the good days and bad days even out, or ideally the good days are probably usually more than the bad days, but yeah, not taking things personally, disassociating at work is a huge thing. Like clients can say shit to me and I literally don't even hear it half the time. Or I, I hear it and in my head, I'm just like, yeah, you still pay me though. Or like, you know, you're still talking to me. Like, and I think Riley's on point too with something about that dynamic makes these people get too big for their britches where if you saw them on the street, they'd be drooling over you. But for some reason, the club, they think they have this weird power dynamic where they can put you down and it gives them a boner. Um, so knowing that too, I keep that in mind a lot where, you know, guys are like, Oh, I want that girl instead of you. And in my head, I'm like, you know, damn well, if you saw me in a coffee shop, you'd be like crashing your car to like crane your neck towards me. But (laughs) yeah, the same guys that if you're like, Oh no, thank you. They'd be like, fuck you. You're ugly anyway. Yeah. hundred percent. It's hundred percent those guys. Um, but yeah, just not taking things personally. Everyone has a type they like, and you might not just be that person's. And, um, and then the, the weird power dynamic men have when they're in the club or in a, in a setting where they feel like they've like bought you or can buy you, they think they can just say whatever they want and, and boost their ego and it boosts their like, um, masculinity or whatever. So the biggest thing is just, yeah, not taking anything personally. And if you're in your personal life, some goofy ass guy is saying things like that to you, like good fucking riddance. He has no right to even like be speaking to you then, um, a hundred percent. It is so much easier to uh, swallow the pill when um, you're being handed like a fifty-dollar bill at the same time. Yeah. No, definitely. I look um, at it all as work all the time. Yeah. So, next question: What does a club do to ensure their contractors are being treated respectfully? So, it kind of goes hand in hand with the last question we talked on too. Uh, nothing. <laughs> no, I mean if if they're on stage and guys are like being really rude, then they'll just get kicked out. Um, if a guy says like a nasty comment to you, like you're ugly or, you know, your titties are too low or, uh, you have too much work done or whatever it is, the club isn't going to do anything about that. Like you can't get someone kicked out for a nasty comment. Unfortunately, the club would make no money. Mm -hmm. Um, but if someone is like threatening you or, really disrespectful to you um the club might kick them out but you would have to report it because obviously like bouncers and stuff aren't going to like go around and eavesdrop on conversations and like try and pick up negative comments like that's the nature of the work yeah so I second everything you just said um and we're speaking obviously on our own experiences the clubs we work at I mean maybe there are clubs who take it very seriously but our clubs you know you're expected to have thick skin if a guy makes a stupid comment you just you have the you know, the right to walk away and to not provide them for a dance. Like there's no obligation to take people's money and dance for them if you don't want to. So you are an independent independent contractor in that sense where how you operate your business within, you know, the, the confines of the club is kind of up to you as long as you're following club rules. So that's kind of where you kind of take it into your own hands. If a client's being rude, you walk away, you know, you can't get butthurt every time a rude comment is said to you and demand justice. Um, you kind of just have to find the justice in the sense where you get to tell them to go fuck themselves and walk away. The club, at least my clubs, are never going to get mad at you for telling a client to go fuck themselves. Um, so I definitely don't like you're a fucking loser. And then I walk away. Um, yeah, exactly. Because what are they going to do? Go up to the manager and be like, this girl told me to go fuck myself. And they're like, well, what did you say? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I told her she was an old hag. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, yeah. So that's kind of where it comes into your own hands. But in my experience, the clubs don't really do much um, unless it's going to fall in the club. So unless you're upstairs and the, cl- the club tries to fi- – the, uh, the client tries to finger you, the club will step in then because that's – it could fall in the club and they could get charged for uh, prostitution or whatever like that. So – that's, I think, I notice when the club steps in the most is if it's going to fall on the club, the client's behavior. I don't know if you feel the same way, Riley. Um, I mean, I've never really experienced something like that. But, yeah, like, for sure. Like, if a guy is being physically disrespectful, that definitely has more action than verbally disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 
Next question. Loved your last episode. I need to ask you something. Based on your comments about the guy whose wife didn't trust him and seeing a lot from a different perspective. In the past couple years, I'm acknowledging my feminine side. My wife doesn't understand it, and frankly, anyone she shares it with is as devastated as her. I still present as a straight male, but would love to be able to have opportunities to present as a female. I do when I come to town, but being in a marriage and not able to be accepted is a huge challenge. I love my wife. You see a lot. Is my situation really that rare? Am I a freak? Um... Do you want to be seen as a freak? Like, I I love the term freak. I think it, I, you know, the same as I love the term, like, ho or slut, like, that is mine for the taking. But you're not, you're not weird. You're not odd. You're not unusual. Like, it's completely normal to want to express other sides of your um, personality and sexuality and expression. Um, so, no, I don't think that you're a freak in that way. No, if you want to be a freak every <laughs> <laughs> well that's why I said one of my favorite movies is Practical Magic and one of the ants has a quote in it and it says my darling girl when are you going to realize that being normal is not necessarily a virtue it rather denotes a lack of courage and I love that like you know this normal freak complex like why is normalcy something to be admired like I think it does it, like you know we're all kind of weird and, and freaks and that and the only people that are showing it they just have the courage to do so no one's really normal at the end of the day. So I said that to him and I was like, you know, this this always like reminds me like to let my freak flag fr- fly. <laughs> yeah, say that ten times fast. But um yeah, I just said, you know, you know, why can't a man dress up like a female, in quotes, man, female? Um, there are gen- these gender norms are just societal creations. Um and it's same that, you know, don't yuck someone's yum. If it makes them happy and they're not doing anything that's harming someone else, like aside from that person who's uncomfortable with it, but that's on them, it's not on you, um, you know, then go for it. And we really only get one life and why spend it trying to fit into someone else's idea of normalcy or idea of what you should behave like? Not saying, not saying that it's easy to do so, but I think the more you get out and and start to explore that side of you, you start to realize that it's such a larger community of people that are also exploring sides of them and doing so in a way that's without shame, without judgment. And same like when we were speaking about the other question about having a, you know, a second persona on Instagram, like that's a great way. Once you start those kind of steps, you start to realize like how big the world really is and how many in quotes freaks there are. Um, and you said come more into yourself. A hundred percent. I like, I absolutely agree with that. And, you know, I can only begin to imagine how difficult it must be that, you know, this person that you've chosen as your life partner doesn't understand or is finding it difficult to accept that this is a part of you. And I, when you said, you know, anyone she shares it with is as devastated as her. Like, I think that's, unfair like I understand that you know if wanting to have that person to talk out an issue with but it's it sounds like she's just kind of sharing it with a lot of people and I don't think that's uh fair of her and I'm sorry that you're going through that you know like that's not her thing to tell and if you want to explore that and you want to be loud and proud about that then that's fine but if she's kind of outing you maybe that's something to talk to her about you know, give her her one person that she can talk to, talk to or discuss or, you know, work things through. We all have that one person. But um, if she's just going around telling people, yeah, that's, that's devastating. Um, and yeah, I agree. Like find people who um, are interested in the same things as you and you'll learn very quickly that however freaky you thought you were, there is someone that runs 10 times deeper, you know. And, you know, and that's to be admired. Like, you know, as Danny said, like, it takes a lot of courage to live your, not to sound sappy, but like your true self and be able to explore all of those areas. And I think it's amazing that you came up to your wife and expressed that. I think it's unfair that she's decided to share that, um, I'm guessing, without your consent. Um, But, yeah, you're not a freak. Um, You should absolutely try and find a community around you that dabbles in the same thing. Um, I think you'd be pleasantly surprised how normal it is. 
Mm-hmm. No, 100%. I agree. Okay, next question. Do you know any sex-positive therapists? I've looked for help, but it's really hard to know who is good and who is really able to make a difference. Thank you in advance. Um, I don't know any sex-positive therapists in particular, but um, I know from going to therapy and counseling that finding a therapist um, is a lot of trial and error um, for someone who really fits what you want and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I mean, I've gone to like several therapists and, uh, you know, not all of them make a difference for me. So I think in general, you kind of have to try out a bunch. I completely agree. I went to a therapist when I had a really abusive partner before. And then I went, I went to a court ordered therapist when another, when I had a K file with an ex who was also really abusive so um, I've had to go to therapists a couple times. And um, definitely one of them, I was like, okay, this is a waste of my time. And one of them, like, I thought was really, really good. Oh, I went to another one, too. Um, when I just I was grading high school, I had just graduated high school because I was just going, like, hard. I was working three jobs. I was volunteering at two locations, volunteering in the prisons, and was going to school full time. And my mom was just super worried about me burning out. So she's like, you should go talk to someone. So I talked about therapists then too. Um, but yeah, um, I agree with you where it's trial and error. Some are just going to mesh with, like, they're going to vibe with you and you guys are going to do really well. And then some, it just kind of falls flat. Um, so I personally don't really know any sex positive therapists because I haven't looked into it myself. But uh, putting out a call for anyone listening, if you know of any sex positive therapist or any therapist you would recommend, DM me, throw me that information or email me. 50 plus tip at gmail.com and um with permission I'll forward it to this um this listener so uh or I'll make a make a list of them and post them on 50 plus tip for anyone who's interested um in finding a new therapist or, or shopping for a therapist yeah we can also reach out in you know the group chats as well for work I'm sure that anyone who is sex worker positive will also be sex positive mm-hmm. definitely Okay, stay or go. Number one, they call the cops on people who are not social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> so bless my best friend, she threatened to do this. <laughs> no. Also, who the fuck is your best friend? But also, <laughs> she sounds like a goof. But anyway, go on. Um, no, I love her so much. Um, you've met her, actually. But oh, that bitch. It was, it was neighbors that she fucking hated, and it would, they were just such fucking Karens, and she was so goddamn tempted out of pettiness. Okay, but if they're uh, Karen, they probably, like, came to the thought of it. Yeah. I mean, okay, yeah, I mean, she actually she didn't actually do it, um, but if, no, dude, just stay out of your own fucking, stay in your own lane. Like, let people do that. Like, if it's a real problem... Someone else will call. It's not that serious. Stop using fucking police resources for that type of shit. I also just, in general, like, don't like rats. So, like, being like, I'm going to tell on you is just, like, ew. Um, yeah, no. If Especially, like, a, a guy doing it, I'd be like, oh, my God. No. Like, we are, gonna, we are going to view things very differently. I can tell already. Um, I, was listening to, <laughs> I was listening to a podcast you up, which is like one of my go-to podcasts. Um, and, uh, they, they do this red flag deal breaker, right. Which is where I got the idea to stay or go. And, um, theirs was, uh, they, they want to wear masks during sex. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Oh Lordy. (laughs) I really hope that they came across someone like that. Okay. If it's a kink, Oh, do you? It's hot as fuck. I like the I like the look of the mask. It yeah. accentuates the eyes. I think it's sexy. But um, I, you know if, for a fact, this guy is trying to like just get out of shit and be like, oh, we can't kiss because you need to wear a mask. But it's like, but you can still blow me. It's like interesting. One hundred percent. Unless you're wearing like a full latex onesie, I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I'd be a go if they were calling, threatening to call the cops on people. Yeah. Me um, too. They hate the sun, and they're pale as fuck. Like, they don't go in the sun. If you go to the beach, they sit in the shade. They hate sunny days. 
<laughs> no way. I'm such a summer baby. I'm, you know, in summer, I want to be outside all the time. I want to be on the water. Um, I like fishing and scuba diving and water skiing. And so if you can't take part in anything in summer that I like to do, it's just not going to work out. Yeah. No, I, well, I'm like pretty tanned, especially in the sun. Like I get super tanned and I love being in the sun. I'm such a sun worshiper. Um, if I had to like go to the beach and constantly be like aware that there's shade nearby for my like ghost of a partner, like, no, <laughs> like it's like, I can't. Um, and also, yeah, yeah like I, I want to go like you're what you're never going to go, um, paddle boarding because you can't hide in the sun. Like, you, you know, you're going to get your like 120 SPF on and like wine when it, when it rubs off. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're just a pale person and you burn easy, but you are making accommodations for that, then that's fine. I'll love you, little Casper. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Casper. But if you like legit hate the sun, like, do you hate joy and puppies? Right? <laughs> I hate happiness. <laughs> Vitamin D, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, they never want to leave their hometown. Absolutely not. I'm leaving. Bye. <laughs> okay, bye. No. Like, I, I, I mean, obviously I'm not from here, <laughs> shocker, <laughs> but you know, I, like they never want to leave as in they never want to live anywhere else or they never, like they just legit will not step foot over the county line. They think everywhere else is diseased. Um, <laughs> that was like my, my ex, we grew up in a smaller town and I liked the idea of being in Vancouver. I liked the possibility to like, you know, walk to the beach, go for a hike, like, that there was so much to do downtown. I like being around a lot of people um, and then being like anonymous in a crowd. I think that's like very appealing. Um, we grew up in a hometown where you walk outside your door and you could walk like blocks and not see anyone. Um, and he like did not want to move out of there. He was fully content being there. He bitched every time he had to come to Vancouver. Um, he wanted to buy a place in his hometown. Um, yeah, he wanted his kids to be raised in the hometown. And I was like, oh, there's just so much more opportunity in the city. And he just hated the city. Um, yeah. And I was like, okay, hey, we're going to we're gonna have to part ways. Because, like, I, at least for, like, my, like, 20s, maybe my 30s, I'd like to be in, in the city. Um, and I'd like to probably raise my kids in the city. And just the schooling out here and, and all that. So, yeah. Totally. I mean, my big thing is, like, I'm, Obviously, I love traveling. I think it really uh, enhances you as a person if you can live, you know, in a different city, in a different country, in a different uh, province. And so if they never wanted to leave their hometown, like, we just also don't have things in common. And I could see myself settling down in in New Zealand. Like, I don't think I could have kids without my mom around. Mm -hmm. And so having that, like, completely off the um, plate before I even started, like, it just wouldn't go anywhere. No, for sure. I agree. Um, and I think it's just also the mindset of like never wanting to try anything and being like, no, I'm content here. I don't want to grow. I want to stay here. I want my same group of friends from childhood to death. Like, um, yeah. it's the same people who don't try any new foods. They're fucking chicken nuggets and French fries. Yeah. Chicken strips and French fries at like a nice yeah. dinner. <laughs> 100%. Plum sauce only. Yeah. Yeah. Like it thinks olives like would never try an olive again or a mushroom. Like got some baby ass taste buds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Go to us. Um, they have kids with someone else. Um, at this stage of my life, I would probably say go just because I don't want to be tied down to anything. Like I had a complete existential crisis about buying a coffee machine. I don't think a kid is going to work. Um, I just don't want anything that is like holding me here except for me. And I think, yeah, if you had a partner who had kids, like that would just automatically hold them there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, but I don't know, maybe if I decide to like stay in a certain city and we're kind of ready to settle down, it wouldn't bother me. But at this stage, I'm going to say that. Yeah. I think for me, it really depends on the age of their kids and mm. how their baby mama is because the, situations I've seen play out not for myself but for friends and stuff like the baby mama always takes precedent her way is always the way that he goes because he has kids with her you know she can use the kids as a as a a tactic to like screw you over like 
oh, well, I don't want the kids going with her, or, like, I don't want you on a vacation with her and bringing the kids, so then he has to choose between you and the kids, and, like, I've just seen a lot of, like, immature baby mamas, um, so I think that's, like, a determining factor, but, I mean, in an ideal world, if I'm going to have kids with someone, I want them to be my own, because I want to experience all those firsts with someone, like, I want to experience a pregnancy together, I want to experience the first, like, time we made a child together, and, like, you know, all those firsts as a first for each of us. Totally. And I don't, I don't think that it's really an either or though. Like, you know, you can have stepkids and your own children as well. And uh, yeah, I totally agree. Like it depends on, you know, the, the age and how old I am and the age difference and yeah, exactly what the baby mama is like and stuff like that. Um, and if you're, you know, a full-time dad or a full-time part, like a parent, um, but yeah, I, I, like, don't think that just because you have someone, like, unless they didn't want kids, and then that would be, like, a different factor altogether. But, you know, I had a stepmom and a stepdad or have a stepmom and a stepdad, and they were both great, you know. So I just – I had such a positive experience with my stepparents that I don't think – like, I would also like to be that positive experience for someone, like, in the right stage of my life. Mm-hmm. Okay, last one. They want to split all costs. So anytime you order in food, they ask for their your share. Anytime you guys are at a restaurant, they split the bill down the middle. Anytime you're getting gas, they split the gas with you. Absolutely not, because I think that is just absolutely ridiculous for a partner. I'm all for sharing costs, but I would much rather like I'll get it this time, you get it next time, or I you got this and this, so I'll get this. You know, I that's how I would rather do it. If you're going to ask for like 50% of absolutely everything, like that's just a pain in my fucking ass. I just, to me, one of the least attractive qualities in a human, whether it be man or female or whatever, is being cheap. Being frugal and smart with your money, fine. But to be cheap with things like that, where it's like, oh, you owe me 50 cents. Oh, you owe me like $2 here. Like, you know, when me and my girlfriends were in Kelowna, like I got the coffee sometimes, they got the coffee sometimes. And that's just, like, you know, a friendship. And me and you are like that, too. Like, you're very generous in that way as well. Um, But, yeah, like, to me, like, I am a little old school in the sense where I like the man taking, like, taking care of the bills. Um, Not, like, my rent and stuff. But when we go to eat, like, he he covers it. Um, Especially to a determined, like, depends on your financial situation. If they're making bank, like, and you're, like, not doing as well, or you have more bills than them or something like that, like you know, stepping up and being the person that pays for things, I think is nice. Um, yeah. And in an ideal relationship, I do like the man paying for the dinners and, and paying for the outings and stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it would be, it would be a, a go real quick in the relationship. If I noticed him like constantly splitting, splitting bills, I think it's just tacky. Um, yeah, totally. I mean, I definitely appreciate when the guy pays, I think it's like very chivalrous, but at the same time, like I find independence in the fact that I can also give that back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like, you know, if we go out to a fancy dinner, like, it's really attractive if you pick up the bill. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, I would also, you know, if we ordered in, like, Uber Eats, I'd, you know, after that, like, I would definitely pick up that bill, you know? Like, I just think that I find my independence in, like, sharing the cost of the relationship. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily like 50-50, but, you know, putting in something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, if it was like a 50-50 split for every bill, like, yeah, yeah I just, I, I mean, that's not really like how I run my friendships either. So no. why is that with someone that you um, are sharing so much with, you know, like it's just, it would just be a headache. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, like, my one relationship, my partner made very good money. So he, you know, paid for, like, trips. He paid for all our food. If we, like, went out anywhere, he paid for groceries, paid for shopping um, and all that. And then, like, because I would save money because of that, I would, like, buy – if I was at the store and he was at work, I would, like, pick up a cute outfit for him. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, to just to show the gesture of, like, I appreciate how much you do and, like, like that. Um, Totally. So I was just, like, stacking money on his yeah. behalf. When I was living in Germany, I was dating a German guy and, uh, he, 
would pay for everything because I was working as an au pair. I was making 400 euros a month or something like that. Oh, my God. Which was, like, good. <laughs> it was good for an au pair, but, like, it's, I mean, it's trash money. And you're, you're not paying for rent or food or cars or anything, like, like transport or anything like that. But, like, regardless, it's just such a small amount of money. And so he paid for everything. But I found that that's that was his contribution to the relationship. Like I put in the time and the acts of kindness and like it, it, he just lacked in that because he was paying for everything. He felt like that was enough. So I think after that, I was just like, yo, we can sh- like monetary, we can share, but like, I need that the 50, 50 of time and effort. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's it for today. I feel like we've chatted enough here. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, Ramble, ramble. Um, a couple things. If you guys want another online dance class, definitely message me. Tell me you want it. If there's enough people interested, we'll definitely host a new one sooner than expected. Because um, I know a few people missed it because of people not being located here. They The time difference um, made it so they couldn't join in. But um, So if you're out of town, to throw me a message of what time around works best for you, and we'll go with the majority and then if you want to see us on Call Her Daddy, um, message Call Her Daddy and tell them, hey, I have a guest I think you should have on, you know, sing sing us all the praises. Um, it would be cool to collab with them and just have an educated hoe on there. And um, yeah, what any any last comments from you, Riley? Where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Instagram at Ben City Riley. That's it. My one and only. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, as always, you can find me at 50plusatip on Instagram or email me at 50plusatip at gmail.com. Slide into my DMs with questions, comments. Um, love getting them as always. And feel free to show your love and support by subscribing to my OnlyFans at onlyfans.com slash Danica underscore darling. Also, make sure to check out our amazing sponsors. Use code TRULYPLUSATIP in all caps for 10% off your first online order of skincare products at Truly Lifestyle Brand, an all-natural and cruelty-free skincare company that allows your skin to feel its absolute best. And Temptations Avenue Lingerie is a Canadian-owned lingerie brand with a variety of styles ranging from sexy and wild to demure and sweet. Check them out on Instagram at Temptations Avenue and use our, our discount code TIP25, that's T-I-P-2-5, to get 25% off your entire order. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful week. And happy hoeing. Bye.